Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Bork. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Bad Philosophy, episode 66, recorded on May 24th, 2010. Six years and it's over. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time, but not nearly as much as a show that just concluded recently, our very dearly beloved Lost. Uh, it is our 66th episode, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about here today. Got a couple of, uh, well, one, one uh, loyal Losty and then one recent uh, <laughs> binging Losty. Uh, first up, uh, someone we've never had on the show before, but uh, my editor from the Daily Toreador, Britton Peel. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we have a little tradition on the show. If uh, it's your first time, go ahead and uh, say a few things about yourself and uh, why we should care. Um, well, I don't know that you should care, to be honest. Good answer. I am Britton Peel. I'm editor of the Daily Toreador, well, opinions editor of the Daily Toreador. Um a uh, writer by trade and lost fan by night. Mm. So that's pretty much why I'm here. Uh, I can't think of any other reason why Steven would care. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty much all, the only reason we brought you on. But uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, joining us uh, to round out this little trifecta is Kevin Saunders, live from Dallas. Well, sorry, I did it again. Grapevine, Texas. <laughs> but at least you're learning. Yes, I am learning. Slowly, <laughs> as I always do. So, uh, yeah. Kevin, you uh, you went on a little uh, lost binge here in preparation yeah, well, for the finale, right? I watched um, I watched Lost. Not I wouldn't say regularly. I watched the first season regularly. I was I definitely enjoyed the first season. Was on board most of the time. Um, I thought the first season finale was a little bit lackluster. Uh-huh. Um, they were staring down a hole. In case you don't remember, which was a thing. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I kind of watched the second season, you know, on and off, um, didn't watch the third season and then did watch the third season and eventually stopped in the middle of the fourth season when the writer's strike happened. Right. I've been watching it up to then kind of regularly, not, not religiously. I've never been a huge fan. And, uh, so in the fourth season, writer's strike happened, it stopped. I stopped and just never came back to it. Um, then you, Stephen, told me we were going to do this little uh, Lost-based episode, and I said, well, I don't know anything about it, and you said that wouldn't stop me, and you're right. But then, <laughs> of course, I discovered that up until the finale actually aired, Hulu had all of the episodes of Lost. Yeah. And so I did some math and had five days until the finale aired and had to watch, basically, it was, I figured it was 40 episodes, about 30 hours of, of watching and five days to do it. So that's about six hours a day. Um, and I did. I ended up actually watching twelve, ten to twelve hours the first few days, first two, two and a half days. I watched 12, half of twelve hours on a half day. <laughs> yeah. And um, then kind of watched less and less the last three days. So on Sunday, I only had to watch three episodes before the finale aired, which I did. Okay. Um, and so I got basically. Everything from the time right before the boat exploded to the finale in under a week. That's crazy. So all the stuff with the Dharma Initiative in season mm-hmm. five and um, 
I'm sorry, like Mr. Echo, was he two or three? Or uh, he was already good. He was already long dead. He was by already the time gone. I yeah, because he he was dead by the time the boat showed up. That's right. That's right. But you got yeah. God. So I got that, and and actually, um, it was around that time that. The, they had announced that they were going to do two more seasons, and that was it. Mm-hmm. They are going to do season five and six at 18 episodes, 16 episodes, whatever it was, and call it a day. And so, theoretically, that last chunk should be the best formulated from a story point, from a story perspective, you know, as, as a major arc leading up to something. Sure, because uh, you got the end in sight, you know where you're going. You know, um, so wasn't you, always the case from theoretically, the No, um, it, I, I don't think it was. I think there were certainly parts of that and i think they did a good job in the latter half of the season of the last season tying things back to some of the earlier stuff that may or may not have had been explained or really needed to be explained but hmm. we'll, we'll kind of talk about about our opinions on what actually what was explained and what wasn't right so i mean yeah. the the epic finale obviously aired last night from our perspective so this is you know relatively fresh commentary um I, I did watch it in real time. I followed the, the Twitter hashtag, HashLoss, and I had my own little one that I did with uh, Jed. But uh, I was you know, pretty much watching it in real time with everybody else and uh, you know, reacting kind of in tandem with everyone to, uh, to the things that were happening. And I have to say, you know, it, was, it was a pretty fun experience. I've, I've watched the Super Bowl that way, and uh, I've watched a couple of things, the Oscars in the same fashion. Um, and you get a very a very scattered uh, kind of sampling of opinion each time the page refreshes, because obviously hundreds and hundreds of tweets are yeah. by uh, every second uh, with commentary. But, you know, it gives you kind of a good idea of, of what people are thinking. And I have to say, it, the, the major focus, and oh, by the way, uh, from here on there will be many, many spoilers. So <laughs> if you haven't seen the finale... Stop this episode right now. What the hell are you doing? But everyone seemed to be really into the uh, the reunions that were happening. Uh, everyone, I saw a lot of, oh my God, I'm tearing up. It's Saeed and Shannon, or it's Sawyer and Juliet, and et cetera, et cetera. So that seemed to be the main focus for everybody, the, the thing that really, really kept everyone watching. So what I want to talk about first is kind of what the the whole uh, sideways reality that was introduced in season six is or was, and what these reunions, memory flashes, whatever, were, and, and what kind of story device they were telling. Uh, so, Britton, I want to hear from you first. Like, what what do you think after seeing the finale? What do you think the side reality was? Well, um, I was thinking about it a lot. This I kind of woke up thinking about Lost because <laughs> I, I watched it last night and then immediately went to sleep and woke up and my mind was still racing. Welcome um, to my life for the last five days. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I'm also a pretty big Chronicles of Narnia fan and Harry Potter fan and kind of reminded me of the end of those where, um, especially Narnia, where you've got kind of this afterlife image that's extremely similar to a world that your heroes have spent a lot of time in, mm-hmm. but you know, they're, they're dead obviously. And I, <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessarily purgatory or anything like that. I think it kind of like Christian Shepard said, it was what they needed to move on. Um, and you know, I, I'd say that's more than a dream, but less than, 
Yeah, it's, it's hard to put into words. It was definitely a shared reality, though. I mean, it, it wasn't like they were all, you know, dreaming it individually and bringing everybody else in. It, they definitely Absol- had... Absolutely. Uh, uh, and it's different also than, you know, what kind of what Narnia was in the end, because uh, Narnia considered that afterlife world, you know, the real world more pure than everything else. Yeah. Whereas this was almost not as pure as the real world that our heroes had experienced. Yeah, well, uh, it was it was, it was sort different. of a, a happily ever after type of scenario, but we were led to believe, uh, and and I think kind of um, un- unfortunately uh, from from a writing perspective that at the beginning of the season that this alternate reality was what happened if the hydrogen bomb that that uh, Jack set off hadn't gone mm-hmm. off or, or had gone off. Or well, something. I, I right. think intentionally and, led to that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that actually disappointed me because you had Faraday, you know, going on and on about what happened happened. You cannot change the past. Yes, and it seemed like the writers were going back on that, and that actually bummed me out a lot. Right. Um, because if you you got to be extremely careful when you're working with time travel and fiction. You got to set <laughs> extremely firm rules, and it looked like you were breaking <laughs> rules. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I would I would actually say season five was was one of my favorites. The the whole time traveling back and forth thing because. For the most part, it seemed they did a pretty good job of following the rules of time travel. Of you know not having any grandfather paradoxes. Everything worked out. It was sort of a sort of a fatalist take on time travel because everything was sort of set and there was no way that they could change it, um, like Faraday mm-hmm. was saying. But uh, but yeah, then then you see. Another uh, possibility which comes up in sci-fi is when, well, you don't actually change the past, you just split realities. And that's what happened when the, when the bomb went off, sort of. Yeah. Uh, um, did either of you watch the Jimmy Kimmel uh, episode? The, I didn't watch the episode. I watched the, the three fake endings. Which yeah, I, thought were- I, I okay. was not able to. I haven't watched those yet. I, I, I kind of feel bad about that. But yeah. I had, I, I had uh, DVR'd it and watched it this morning. And uh one thing he brought up pretty early on, because, you know, he was talking about his own theories and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Showed the very first clip of the season premiere from this season uh, when they're on the plane and you think, oh, crap, you know, every, the bomb works. Everything's different. Yeah. Yeah. The very, one of the very first lines is Rose saying to Jack, you can let go now. Um, yeah. And that that kind of hit me because I hadn't noticed that. You know, I hadn't remembered that moment, but. I think if you look back, there's probably a lot of little hints like that. That, yeah, and, and even when watching the show and thinking, you know, because I thought from the beginning that these, again, were two alternate timelines that were maybe going to merge. Mm-hmm. You know, like why? Why does Jack keep seeing that scar on his neck? You know, things obviously seemed in sync, but mm-hmm. it, something also seemed off. So when the afterlife thing was proposed, it all kind of fell into place and made sense for me. And I, I think that's one reason I liked it a lot is it, it, yeah. it fixed a lot of problems I had. I do like, I will say this. I do like that the alternate reality was the afterlife as opposed to the Island being the afterlife. Right. Because yeah. I think, I think that was something that a lot of people were expecting that, you know, that way early on, they're all dead. They're in hell. They're in purgatory, whatever. Yeah, and we yeah. actually you you brought up a, a YouTube clip of of JJ Abrams mm-hmm. kind of discounting that, and, I, and I'd like to play a, a short segment of that right now, and then we can talk about that theory. What's the best theory you've ever heard, and what's the one that you kind of thought, hey, 
That's actually kind of cool. It's not the right one, but it's really cool. Uh, well, the one that I, I like, and it sort of was a, a, you know, everyone was talking about it for a while to me, was the purgatory one, because it, it just was such a cool idea. And though that's not what it is, it's like it was such a great idea, and I just loved that that, that was something that people thought, hey, I think that's what could be happening. And you could say that, you know, it's a, you know, being on the silence is a metaphor, and it is that in some ways, so I, I like that. But, it, you know, that, it isn't literally what it is. And, and okay, so... It, it seems like what he's saying there is, oh, that's interesting, but that's not really where we're going with it. Or I think he, spe he says specifically, all right, well, that's not literally what we're doing. Yeah. So that but, sort of still leaves room, but it, it seems like he's sort of discounting the idea at any point that they wanted to do a purgatory narrative. Yeah, I, at the same time, you could definitely say that those themes have always been part of the show. Just, they've always talked about you know, this being a blank slate and you can let go of your past and change and be a better person. So uh -huh. that, that's one reason the purgatory theory was so compelling. But yeah, and I, I don't think even after the finale, you could say that the island was purgatory or limbo or anything like that. Right. No, I, th I think it was real. You know, it was a smoke monster or, you know, someone protecting a beam of light from a cloud of smoke. That was really what it was. Yeah. So, but, but my deal is like a lot of people have asked then well okay what is the island then if not purgatory what is it and and my theory was always it's it's sort of it, it, not in the way that purgatory is the bridge between the realities but it's sort of the island is sort of a place out of time that bridges the supernatural and the the natural worlds um, mm -hmm. and it's some sort of I don't know, heart of goodness in the world or whatever is, I think, where they were trying to go with it. But it, it's definitely a place where there's a concentration of uh, supernatural energy in, in the lost mythos. And that, um, that sort of serves as, as maybe the first stepping stone toward uh, the other side or toward heaven or whatever they were trying to go I, for. I would definitely agree. I, I'm going to bring up Narnia again just because the more yeah. I think about it, the more... You know, it kind of relates, which I guess makes sense since they named a character C.S. Lewis and had an important place be the lamppost. But, <laughs> you know, that that was always kind of the same thing. Lewis? Uh, Charlotte Staples Lewis. Yeah. Um, yeah, named didn't after Clive Staples Lewis. Well, there, there were lots of people named after things. Oh, absolutely. Always absolutely relate, yeah. You know, John Locke, uh, Rousseau. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, early on, I thought that was just them trying to be a lot cleverer than they really were. Because mm -hmm. um, I didn't see a lot of relation between the um, philosophies portrayed by those people they were named after. It just seemed to sort of be, hey, look at this. Hey, you a remember, yeah. Locke is a yeah, philosopher's look, name. Locke is philosophical. Here, look, we made a connection. <laughs> yeah. It, and I agree, too. I was, I was hoping that, and I actually read Locke's philosophy in the, in the course of my lost fandom and went, Huh? This this is nothing like what John Locke is. <laughs> John Locke is like a is like a pluralist or an atheist or something like definitely a spiritualist of some kind. And and uh, John Locke, the actual one, is clearly not about that or doesn't write anything about that. Is <laughs> mm -hmm. more of a political theorist. Like it's just yeah, I don't know. It was it was more just to name to, to name him after someone who you could if you were into philosophy you could say sure. hey that's a philosopher well and, or, and, hey, to muck recognize... up, and to muck up the google image search results yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey i recognize that from the philosopher's drinking song by monty python yeah 
because they had uh, Hume, Desmond Hume. Right. Was David Hume. Um, and, I, again, I don't know Hume at all, but... Again, no relation. I mean, yeah. Hume uh, in the series never espoused things like the, you know, you can't, uh, you can't induct uh, without cert or with certainty, or uh, you know anything about causality. I mean, uh, it, it was bad. But <laughs> the real Desmond Hume could survive massive amounts of electromagnetism. So right, there's yeah, there's that. Pretty sure the actual David Hume was not able to do that. Well, Just, we don't well, know. We never yeah, tried. No, and that's true. We never we never exposed him to a, a strong electromagnetic field. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because... then you had Faraday, who was you know. A scientist. Woo. Yes. You know. Named after a sciencey thing. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <sighs> so, it was anyway, it was one of those things that I think um, someone somewhere put it really well in that it was a brilliant show written by idiots. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think, and here's the deal. So, so what is what is the story with J.J. Abrams? I mean, he starts the thing right and then leaves it halfway through, right? More or less, yeah. So, was J.J. Abrams like the initial momentum? Was he was he the initial push that kind of got this brilliant concept off the ground, and then he basically let a bunch of writers ruin it, or what? What happened there? I kind of wonder if Damon and Carlton went to J.J. and said, "Hey, we have this idea, but we need your help getting it started," hmm. because they've definitely been the driving force, kind of from the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was those three, and then Abrams. Kind of went off, did his own thing. He made Star Trek. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which and uh, Cloverfield. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, prefer Star. I prefer to remember Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I think Damon Lindelof is writing the next Star Trek too, or has a hand in it. Or uh, something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kurtz, Kurtzman and Orky are doing Star Trek still. Oh, uh, really? Who were who were a writing pair on Lost at one point in time, if I'm not mistaken. And um, now they're on Fringe, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Roberto Orki or Orsi, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, and uh, Alex just, Kurtzman, who yeah. write lots of things together. Okay. Well, in, uh, let's let's get back to. I, I don't want to quite go second order yet, but I'm talking about the actual <laughs> show itself, um, I saw a lot of theories posted in the uh, the kind of follow up blog columns and uh, and comments and. Um, the one that made the most sense for me as far as the flash sideways thing was that for each, it was all about fixing. So like for each person, when they had the, uh, their little epiphany moment, it was discovering the thing about the island or their experience on the island that fixed them. So whether it was a person or like for Locke, it was getting his ability to walk back, uh, for, for Claire, it was Aaron. You know, for for Kate, it was Aaron. Uh, but in e- each case, that was what was the the tipping point. What do you what do y'all think of that? I, I, it well, makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's there's certainly that potential. Um, I'd like to think they put that much thought into it. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> um, I I didn't see a real strong connection. A lot of the time, like they, it seemed to me there's a really big push for relationships. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, you know. Uh, Saeed and girl Saeed kissed. Shannon. Yeah. Which I found yeah. wrong. I mean, wasn't it that all along Nadia was Saeed's true love? And I mean, Shannon was just kind of a thing. Yeah, they, they had they had sort yeah, but, of a love. But Nadia was always dead. I mean, wasn't she dead when he went to the island? Yeah. 
No, she so, wasn't. No, wait, wait. No, yeah, no, she 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 died came, after they had gotten that's off. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. But but uh, the whole thing with Shannon happened before Saeed went back and mm-hmm. uh, met Nadia again. Yeah. So I don't know. You know what's with that and and the fact I, that it, that Michael that's and Walt like used to bring back the cast member. It, but yeah, but but it seems so arbitrary. And I mean, I really think it it might have been like some people just wanted to come back and some didn't, so they got written in and others didn't. Like Michael was not there. Walt was not there. Um, I, I think that Michael was intentional because uh, he did appear earlier in the final season. As a ghost uh, on the island. But then again, so did, I mean, Libby died on well, the island too, so. Well, well my, Michael said very clearly in his scene that he wasn't able to move on. Uh, uh, and, he, you know, he was one of the whispers and probably ba- because of things he did. So, same deal with Walt. Was Walt always yeah. dead? Why was Walt so important? I don't know. We never found that, that out. That's really <laughs> the main question that I always wanted answered early on. And but but I think around the end of season three, I was like, okay, I'm just giving that up because yeah, never back to Walt. <laughs> that's not coming back. Well, yeah. the thing is, and and I understand this difficulty, um, and they dealt with it pretty well on the show. But Walt grew up. I mean, the show's been on for six years. He looks. Sp- extremely different from when he did on the show, which is supposed to cover and eventually they, you know, they jumped ahead in time, yeah. but the first three seasons covered 100 days <laughs> and so that was three years, so he was growing three times faster than he should have, right. and everybody else was too but it was obvious with Walt because he was a little kid at first um, and so bringing him in at any point later was always weird because yeah. he didn't look right just logistically weird and, and i understand that but there are other people like what about um anna lucia i mean she showed up in the side verse but was not there at the end i think there yeah. was some stuff um some was definitely the actors like i actually just read not long before we started this um that they had approached mr echo about coming back but he wanted about four times more money than they had offered him. And so <laughs> that just not didn't work out. not of a character, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think, you know, with people like Faraday and Charlotte, you know, you saw them together in the finale, but they didn't have that flash moment where things but made sense But they weren't brought to the island in the same way. Yeah, uh, I, I think, I think which they I think, still I had think has things something to, to do out. with it, but I don't know. Um, I want to I want to kind of touch on Ben being left behind, if that was, or hanging out outside the church, not coming into the church. Yeah, um, I thought it was an interesting choice. Well, um, first off, I agree with uh, with um, the IO nine column about like Hurley's forgiving Ben was one of the best moments of the series, or at least of the the episode. Mm-hmm. Because you know Ben has has been this really conflicted character the whole time, and then he finally sort of when he gets that combination of good Ben and bad Ben, it sort of brings him to to the point where he can you know really realize his sins and be forgiven mm-hmm. for them. But yeah, but then he never goes into the church. So <laughs> um, well, the, the argument was that he wasn't allowed to pass on because of things he did, or I, I read that somewhere. Um, but. I, I, I have trouble seeing what things people did that would or would not let them come back. Yeah. Simply because you look at someone like Saeed, who killed lots and lots and lots of people. Right. And that even, was his thing. He even turned to, you know, serve the smoke monster for a brief time. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff was just sort of, eh. Yeah. Um, so, 
he didn't and but I think there's a very good moment with Hurley's last line to Ben was see you around or I'll see you or something along those lines mm-hmm. which I think was somewhat hopeful because Hurley wasn't going it, it wasn't that he could never move on it was that he just wasn't there yet all the um, more reason to believe that the side verse is a kind of purgatory um, or something yeah yeah but but he knew what was going on, which was that was apparently the moment they all had to figure out was, you know, when they remembered, then it got better. But Ben had remembered already. Yeah. To little I effect. Think, I think it's really tricky because, you know, they, they tried real hard not to advocate any one religion. I mean, they, they definitely leaned on the Bible well, and Christianity a well, lot. Did you see the, yeah. um, the stained glass window in the church behind the coffin? Yeah, there, there was tons of the uh, It was the, the everything religious paraphernalia yeah, inside yeah it was, it was kind of a universe uh, unitarian universalist kind of a thing mm-hmm. but but and i saw someone make this point and i think it's a valid one um when you try to take that sort of you know all religions are good or valid or something it just insults all of them because most of those religions are built on exclusivity uh, and this is one of the fundamental problems with religious pluralism is to make all of the religions work together you have to throw out some of the things that make them unique, that make them um, significant. Mm-hmm. Some of that exclusivity of saying, you know, we are the one truth. Uh, Christianity, certainly some branches of Christianity say that. Uh, Islam certainly yes. says that. I mean, there, it's not like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're one truth or a truth or part of the truth. It's no, we're the one way. And uh, yeah. mm-hmm. for them to just throw all that iconography in there like a, like a casserole, just really, I found that really insulting, and, and a lot of other people brought that up. Well, one thing I think is interesting is that I know at least Carlton Cuse is Catholic. I don't know mm-hmm. about Damon Lindelof, but he uh-huh. said some things that kind of makes me think he might be Christian as well. Um, so, and definitely throughout the entire series, I've, you, you know, because I'm a Christian, I, st- I study that kind of stuff a lot. So I saw a lot of. It's kind of what I saw to be Christian symbolism. Oh, sure. And yeah, I, it was very think, thinly veiled. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I think that maybe they wanted to go that way, but really didn't want to, because they've got such a huge fan base that's so global, and they really wanted to make it, I, I, Carlton Q said explicitly, like, we don't want to advocate any one religion. Right. And I, I, I think maybe they tried too hard for that, and that's why we're in this kind of weird gray area. Yeah, it um, ends up it ends up disappointing everybody because, it, yeah, it just waters it down to the point where it it has no message whatsoever. Yeah, and I, I can see why you know they'd want to do that, but it may have been the wrong choice. I mean, even if you're going to offend people of other religions, it may have been better just to go with one and see it through to make things more clear. I and I think that's a a, a very good point, and I think that in many cases they should have stuck with one idea in many of these cases, and they just tried to do way too many things mm-hmm. and ended up not completing anything in the process. Um, the Dharma Initiative, what the heck? Like it, something that was so significant for the first half, the first two thirds of the show, was just sort of left by the wayside, and you yeah. know, oh yeah, it was just another wave of people who who came and corrupted and destroyed and all that. Yeah. I, if, if I may quote uh, TV tropes, I think whether or not um, they will admit it, there was a certain level of um, the Chris Carter effect going on <laughs> where they really didn't have a big plan going ahead. Yeah. Um, it was this, they, they were going to do something 
And they knew that, but what the something was was certainly not as clear-cut as they would want you to believe. I don't know. I, I, I can also look back and see, like, there was that kind of spin-off book that really tanked and it wasn't very good, but <laughs> it was meant to tie it was meant to tie into Lost as something that one of the non survivors yeah. of eight fifteen it was called Bad Twin. Yeah. And uh I mean looking back that kind of applies a lot to the series. You had a bad twin and a good twin who were overseeing kind of the entire island. And that that book came out pretty early on in the series. Yeah. But but how much of that is fitting things on to what you've done already and how much of that is pre-planning and I don't know that we can tell. Oh, there was so much there was so I much mean, uh, grafting when you, when you, and, and surgery. When you throw and, enough yeah. spaghetti on the wall, something's going to stick. Sure, but if you just keep throwing spaghetti on the wall some of the spaghetti that's stuck is going to fall off. Yeah, which is <laughs> like, what the polar bears did. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. I, I just, I don't like that approach. I understand it, it makes sense because Britton and I were kind of talking about this beforehand. When they started the series, they probably didn't have an overarching vision. Uh, they didn't know that it was going to last six seasons. So they were sort of writing at a pace that would let them continue things indefinitely. I know if I was, if, if was going to write a show, and l- like the creators of Lost, apparently, I tend to write pre-spiritual stuff. If I was going to write a show like Lost, I would start with that o- overall idea of, okay, we've got these two demigods over this island but we're not going to reveal anything about them till the end sure and then i would have to figure out everything in the begin in the middle which is where dharma would come in that kind of stuff but then uh, then if that's the case why did you bring in dharma i mean why what is that what well because you know that that first season was such a hit and abc obviously was like okay we're going to milk this for a long time it was the conspiracy theory uh appeal yeah because, you know, yeah. it's, oh, oh there, well, there's this Dharma initiative behind everything. But really, the Dharma initiative behind wasn't nothing. behind everything. Yeah, it was nothing. And they it put was a lot just... of stuff on the island. Yeah, but it was but really that, Jacob that, that was behind everything, and we gave him, you know, one episode of backstory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I didn't see him until season five, or end of season four. Yeah, you didn't well, you were, really. You were hearing about him real early on, though. I mean, his mm-hmm. name was definitely uttered. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, you know, he wasn't necessarily a real person, even. I mean, we didn't. Uh, ben didn't know that Jacob was a real person. He didn't believe in Jacob. He had never seen him. Yeah. Um, so, and Ben was, at one point, the most knowledgeable person we had on the show about what was going on. Um, yeah, he lied a lot. Yeah, he didn't tell everybody everything. But it, it, he was made to know these things. And when he didn't know if Jacob was real, how was anybody else supposed to? Yeah, and, and it's, it's just another example of these just abandoned plot threads. Um, that really could have gone somewhere significant had someone said, all right, in two or three years, let's take it here. But it doesn't seem like anybody did that. I do think you can look at some of the stuff that wasn't in the show. Like, they did those alternate reality games uh, between seasons several times. Oh, really? And some of the stuff in there actually wraps up some Dharma stuff. Um, Like, the numbers are explained a little bit more. And I well, think you could certainly... other than well, if you're talking about the Valenzetti equation, because I mm-hmm. followed the ARG early on, that doesn't actually explain anything else. It says, okay, th- these are the numbers. They mean they they show up in this equation, and there are variables that add up to this or whatever. But that doesn't tell me why they keep popping up. 
why it well, so happens well, all they, of the candidates did. matched that. Why Hurley's uh, numbers won him the lottery. Why did that happen? That's never yeah. given. I think I, I think the things like the lottery winning and stuff was definitely you know, fate or coincidence, whatever you want to say. But they did say in that ARG um, that the whole point of the Dharma Initiative was to change at least one of the numbers. So you could say that changing Jack or Hurley because I mean, each of those candidates was one of those numbers on yes. Jacob's cave wall. But so you could Kate say that was saving... number 51, and she wasn't a number, and she was a candidate. She was a candidate, but she was crossed off. But at one point, she had been a candidate. Yeah. But the point of the Valenzetti equation was change one of these numbers to save the world. And so it ended up being two of those numbers were changed, and the world evidently was saved. So you could, yeah. I mean, I, I, I admit it is, it is not perfect by any means, and <laughs> that wasn't even in the show, but I do think you could tie some ends that way. And I feel that the show really should stand on its own. All this external stuff is fine, but the same thing with Cloverfield, which another J.J. Abrams thing you kind of mentioned earlier. You know, if you go and play the ARGs and get the comics and, and do all this other work, you can understand what the Cloverfield monster is and where he came from and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I shouldn't have to do that. And, and some people disagree with me, but I, I feel that a work should be able to stand on its own. Sure. Now, if you say the work is all of this stuff, then don't uh, sell me a movie. Or, or a TV show. <laughs> I agree, but at the same time, like, my dad has watched Lost with me kind of this whole time. And while I've been, you know, rabid fan looking up stuff on message boards, doing the ARGs and everything, he's pretty much just watched it every week. And I, I realized, you know, going forward, he, the questions he wanted answered were so different than the questions I wanted answered. And so I think that's why they kind of did that split and tried to figure out what does the week-to-week Lost fan want and what do the more intellectual, rabid fans want? And how can we satisfy both of them without giving just the show watchers too big of a headache? Yeah, but I think it ended up giving both sides a headache <laughs> in the process. Yeah, it, it maybe wasn't done too well. But yeah. I, th- that's why I think maybe I, I'm not positive the show itself could have done everything it needed to. There was a great well, I, I there don't was a know great that line. There was a- I don't know that there was an answer, and I think I think you're kind of touched on that, Britain. I don't know that there was a correct answer to tie all of this stuff together. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a writer myself, and I think Britain, you said you were as well. And so I've been thinking of ways to to try and do this. Like, if okay, if if I were writing this, what would I do? And I mean, the answer they came up with is not dissimilar from what I probably would have done, but. That's because there was little else you could do. Yeah, it, there was a great line from the io9 article that really summed it up well, I think. Uh, in the end, it's uh, hard not to see Lost as the longest con of them all. He, he basically talks about it as a, as a long con. Um, not because we didn't get any answers. Uh, it's really true that after this episode, I don't need any more answers than what we got. But because all along, Lost seemed to be a story until the end, when it wasn't. In the mm-hmm. end, it was just a bunch of stuff that happened. Which is why I, I equated it to X-Files and uh, Chris Carter. Yeah. Because that's very much what happened with that. But the there problem was... is that, and, and the reason he calls it a con, is all along they want you to think that there is some big overarching picture yeah. when there isn't. So, 
so did Chris Carter with the the alien stuff on yeah. um, X Files. I mean, that's that's where that comes from. But it's you know they they tell you that there's this plot or they imply that there's this big plot, whether or not there actually is, because that will get you to pay attention and keep showing up. Because <laughs> if you miss an episode, you're going to miss a vital piece of information that will explain everything had you actually been paying attention. Sure. Which I think is is kind of a shoddy approach to storytelling for sure. I mean, it, it can be done well if there you know if there's a payoff, but you know when you're conning your audience into watching the show. That's just a bad way of going about it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm reminded of, um, and it's a show that not a lot of people talk about because it didn't have you know a massive fan base, but something like Babylon Five, um, which I've watched part of. I've watched about the first season's worth okay. of the top five. Um, but Va- Babylon Five was very strongly headed up by the guy that created it, whose name I can't remember because it's weird, J. Michael Straczynski. <laughs> uh, I remembered it. Go me. Go. But it was very much his creation. And he said very much early on, think of this show as a novel. Each episode is one chapter. And he built that with all of that in mind. He promised early on that the show was going somewhere and had a point and was not just being made up. And he said it's going to last five seasons and then it will be done. And that's what it was. And from the very beginning, that was what it was. Um because he never expected it to last any length of time other than what it did. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that show, again, I haven't seen it all, but what I saw of it was much more successful in that regard because he had it all planned out from the very beginning. He actually had it all planned out from yes. the very beginning. <laughs> he didn't just say that he did. Um, so I, I think, because Lost was an open-ended series, it could have been canceled at any time. It could have, you know, um, lasted forever, theoretically, had, had they decided not to. Yeah, but it was open-ended in a way that, that didn't provide the same sort of flexibility as, say, Voyager, uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole premise of the show is they're way far out, and we know that the show is going to end with them getting home. And what happens in between is whatever. You know, we can have our, our fun. <laughs> and we can end that in five seasons or eight. Mm-hmm. But with Lost... Or 70, because that's how many years it would take them to get home. Yeah. So, but with Lost, everybody, I, I guess everybody sort of expected from the beginning that the, the end game of Lost would be when everybody gets off the island. That, that was kind of what it was building up toward. And it mm-hmm. became sort of clear in the second and third seasons that that really wasn't where they were going. Uh, certainly, end of uh, what was it, season four, when, when, when they when they do get off the island. Go back. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that may have been in season three, even I think. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, uh, which is right when yeah that they gave that ultimatum to ABC saying, "Hey, we're doing this until this time." Mm-hmm. And uh, I and I think I really think that the that point about halfway through is where it jumped jumped the shark for me, where I stopped being invested in it as a this is a really good show. And more as a, this is a show that I enjoy watching, but it's not really good anymore. See, I'm kind of the opposite. Like, around season three, you know, they they are kidnapped by the others, and they're finding out more about Ben and stuff. But I, to me, it definitely felt like, okay, they're making stuff up as they go along because they're yes. stretching this out. Yes. And so I was not as big of a fan then. I even may have told a friend, like, that I like heroes more than Lost, which now I kind of regret. I liked but, Heroes in the beginning. Like, the first couple of seasons of Heroes were, were first excellent. First season of the Heroes. First, okay, the first season. And, and that's yeah. Like, yeah, like, the first season of Heroes was, I think, around the third season of Lost. So I was like, man, 
okay, lost, they're just making stuff up. Heroes are just going <laughs> season by season, so this is better. Yeah. Um, but when they set that end date and said, okay, this is when, when we're ending it, I suddenly became a lot more interested. I could see where they're going. And I actually called quite a bit of stuff that happened overall. Really? Um, so, so I do feel like they, at least from that point on, they had a clear vision but they may have, I think the reason they disappointed a lot of people was because they had already dug a pretty deep hole and they didn't give themselves enough time to get out of it. Yeah. Um, I, like, like I said, I personally was completely satisfied. I, it met all my expectations and more, but I can see why some people, it wasn't quite what they wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Kevin. Did, did it did it meet your expectations, or did you even have any? Going I in? I didn't have a lot of expectations going into it. Um, we were kind of talking about the quality of the show, and I I don't know if y'all know this, but I um, keep a log of everything I watch or read or wow, pretty much just watch or read. I've been doing it for six months or so now, um, just as as a thing that I thought would be fun to do, and so I did it. And I always rate everything that I watch on, you know, a, a grading scale of A to F with, you know, pluses and minuses as needed. Do you, do you and, translate that into a rating on, like, Rotten Tomatoes or on uh, Metacritic or something? No, although I could. I just, you probably I mean, should. I just, I write, you know, I write it, I write the name of the episode, or the name of the show, the name of the episode, um, season, episode number grade and generally one sentence about it be it if it's a line from the show that i thought was funny or hmm. uh just kind of a thought about it and i was i realized when i was watching lost that i never gave anything above a b plus for any of the episodes for this during this lost binge that i was doing and it wasn't something that i was thinking about i i really try to grade each episode as it stands you know on its own and so the fact that I looked back and realized that I, you know, it had been okay but not great was really interesting to me. Um, but I think kind of because that's how I'd been feeling about it, I didn't have super high expectations for the finale. Um, I didn't expect particularly anything. I said, you know, well, they'll do what they do, and hopefully it'll be interesting. What, uh, what was your line or sentence for the finale? I'm curious. Um, I actually haven't written that yet. I'm, I've gotten behind. But the, the thing I have in mind was, well, that's the end. Okay. <laughs> because it was. The, the show ended. And like it or not, they did provide an ending. Yeah, they did. Was uh, it uh, better or worse than Battlestar, in your opinion? I didn't see the end of Battlestar, oh, so I don't okay. have a strong opinion there. I wanted to get... Uh... Jed's opinion on that. I want to. I want to actually bring up Jed's point from uh, what he did last night. But first off, mm-hmm. I, like, let's just go around the table. What what was y'all's uh, favorite line and or uh, moment from the uh, the finale? Britain. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> uh, I know you pointed out the duct tape line. Yes, um, that that actually is the, mine. The the uh, I don't believe in a lot of things, but I do believe in duct tape. That Miles. Yeah, said, I, uh, I did think that was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I, I liked Jack a lot overall. I liked yeah, his progression some, over this season. Jack got balls. Like halfway or maybe a third of the way through the episode, yeah. all of a sudden Jack was this confident, insightful character. And I really liked that Jack. But that Jack I blame the magic long. water that he drank from the waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't stay that way. I mean, he went back to, you know, wow. oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself and I feel guilty, Jack. Like that. <laughs> annoying character that he's been for the entire freaking series well there's that 
Well, I, so if I had to pick something, I would maybe pick something of his, but it's it's hard to think of any one particular line. Maybe when he tells Locke, uh, you disgraces him by wearing his face. I did like that. Yeah. But um, you're, you're definitely right. He got balls, especially in this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I liked just him just walking up to Locke and kind of saying whatever. Um, the flying punch yeah. was a great shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was just good cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, in the rain, you know, this epic oh, yeah. fight on the cliff face. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. I, I, liked, I liked that boss fight. Um, as as much as I wanted maybe some more closure from the man in black because he was built up to be this this huge character in, in this season in particular. And really wasn't. Well, but, yeah, I, but here's the deal. I, He's I, been there, I mean, at least in the form of the smoke monster, for the entire freaking series. You'd think he would have a better death scene, but he didn't. Or at least a name, <laughs> you would think. Or at least a I name, think, yeah. I think not naming him was an interesting choice. I kind of liked that personally. It, it worked. I, I, think I like it was that right. now that I'm looking back. Um, it was a little it, forced, I'll admit, but I think it worked. <laughs> I, I, I'd wondered all season, like, if naming him was going to be something for the finale. So I was, I was thinking about that going into the finale. Oh, by the way, my name is Jack Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, like, even if it's Esau or something, you know, yeah. even if it was something we expected. Um, yeah, I'm everything but, you hate about yourself. But watching the show, it, you know, it wasn't until a long while after I'd finished it that I was like, oh, yeah, they, they still didn't give him a name. So in the end, it really didn't matter. And. Yeah, I think I think it was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of a disappointment that neither the real Man in Black or Jacob like actually showed up. Yeah, we we actually never got a death scene for Jacob. I mean, he just said, "Well, when the flame burns out, I go away." But we well, never he did die when he got stabbed. That was a death scene. Yeah, but I mean, a real going away scene. Yeah. And what's the well, what, what would you though. want him to do? Fly up into the air like with in a golden chair? Superman! Yeah. <laughs> like the end of the Matrix. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I mean his his murder was pretty biblical. I thought you it know, was dramatic. If, you if know. He was a- acting as Judas. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you were gonna continue that, I think it would kind of be corny for what Lost is. Mm-hmm. And it might have been too much for a character that, in all honesty, we didn't care that much about. <laughs> mm. Um, I mean, he was the guardian of the island, yes, but... But I don't know. what was he guardianing, and why? Because who was, who was trying to destroy the light before Man in Black showed up? And I guess anyone who came to the island. Like, the, any of the cultures who settled there and built things and tried to tap into it. Like well, you could definitely say it's, a, you could say it's a tree of knowledge kind of thing, where sure. you know, man is going to seek after that kind of stuff to be more like God, and so that... It needs to be protected. But don't you think the, the whole, like, puddle with a stick in it or a rock in it looked rather man-made? Well, it, yeah, but... It not, not in a supernatural sense, but, like, is in a very, like, somebody before their mother showed up and built this thing and put this light here. Yeah, now, and, and I, would, I would argue that, that there were certainly traces of that ancient culture all around the island, um, and, and they never really explained, you know, what that was. They, they never explained who built the, uh, the Anubis statue. I was, I was kind of surprised about. Well, I, I think you could just assume that it's, you know, people who came later and yeah, some were worshiping Smoke Monster or whatever. Uh, right. But one thing I did notice when Jack's going down to the light is there was a very quick shot of a skeleton out in there. 
that they didn't address at all. Oh. Mm-mm. No, I noticed uh, that too. No, it was uh, when when uh, Desmond or, went or down. Or maybe it was, it was when Desmond went down. Was, I think it was both times, but it was. It's like, hey, look, somebody tried this before and died because. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I I do think, you know, what, whether they're the best storytellers ever or not, I do think the writers are pretty intelligent, and it seems like they would put that. They wouldn't just put that there because. Mm-hmm. It seems like. There's something maybe we're supposed to, think about more. It's with that image. Well, and I thought it was going to tie in, and, and this is something I thought very much from the beginning when they introduced the Dharma Initiative, is that it was going to be sort of a cyclical thing, sort of a, not necessarily like a battle star, this has all happened before, it all happened again, but sort of the, um, the idea of samsara and kind of bringing in all these Hindu ideas of, of the wheel that we're all trapped in, and, and you know, getting off the island was like <clears throat> escaping the wheel of, of existence. Uh, and that I thought they were going to bring in that that perspective, and they just didn't. Uh, and it would have tied in great to this to the island thing because, like, the island sort of exists out of time, and it must be protected for all eternity. And you know, the the idea that cultures come there and it always ends the same is this idea of cycles. Mm-hmm. And they really they mixed, and I think they muddled Western and Eastern philosophies in the show, and they didn't really. Again, they didn't really pick one and go with it and take it to its logical yeah. conclusion. And I, I think I think that would have been interesting. But yeah. I think um, I I think they could have done that. And I, I don't know that I would have had a problem with it. But the thing is, when it really comes down to it, it was a pretty basic good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jacob is good, smoke monster bad. We need a new Jacob because Jacob's dead. Um and the and island is, is, I don't know, is the island the embodiment the island of is an good? Island, or? No, the island is an island we're fighting over because we have to fight over something because when you have good and evil, they fight over something. Mm-hmm. Which goes back um, to Britain, your tree of knowledge thing where you think like the light of the island is the knowledge of good and evil. And it, mm-hmm. and it corrupts, it corrupts uh, the man in black, but it empowers Jacob. So it's just sort mm-hmm. of a, an enhancement <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, and I'm, I agree that you could definitely say it's basic when it comes down right down to it but how many times have we seen this big of a story arc over good and evil on primetime television oh yeah i I still think it's definitely a huge accomplishment in that sense i don't know bonanza was about good and evil yeah i mean it's certainly been done before but i don't (laughs) don't think it's ever in this generation it's this is one of the most epic mainstream uh Treaties. I'm just giving you a hard time. Treatises. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> on, on this subject, and I mean, they really, they really touched on a lot of significant things uh, over the course of the series. And I, I guess when you look at it that way, as sort of uh, the island as a stage for all of the the struggles of humanity to play out uh, through each of the characters, it, it really, I mean, it was a good stage. And maybe there doesn't. It's more about the individual stories uh, and the the kind of granular, episodic uh, things that happened than about the whole overarching picture. Yeah, I, I worry that if you try to go too much deeper into it, you get into a ridiculous mini chlorian situation. Yeah, which which ironically is what they said they were trying to avoid. Um, yeah, <laughs> one of the two guys, main writers, said you know the reason they weren't going to explain everything was because you know you didn't want another mini chlorians to happen. Which, of course, was a lousy excuse because the midichlorians weren't bad because they explained the Force. They were bad because we already had an explanation for the Force that they ignored. Yeah. The Force being 
a large, you know, this life force that ties the universe together. That's what it was. That's an explanation. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that, although they certainly tried to, they certainly made it that with midichlorians, and that was bad. But it was replacing something we already had. Sorry, tangent. Well, well, don't we kind of have that, too, with, you know, it, it sounds corny, but we have a light. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people are like, okay, what's so special about a light? But at the same time, what's so special about a force? Yeah, but the force was given a reason, or given a, not, it, the force wasn't good or bad. It was just a thing. The light was a thing that we don't know what it did. Well, we know we it needed to be protected, this. but but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily good or bad because of what it did to uh, to Jacob's brother. Yeah, we were kind of in this. It was it was this is a thing that exists, and we should protect it because we should protect it. Yeah. No, um, before we uh, before we run out of time here, I, I did mention I wanted to uh, to talk about Jed's uh, little theory and uh, yeah, we, you he, said that I remember. Yeah, he said he said this in a tweet last night that uh, uh, he feels like his his main uh, objective will be convincing everyone that this was basically a six year long sixth sense. <laughs> yes, he said that. <laughs> Which uh, you know I, I think we've sort of touched on. You know that's not maybe the best explanation. They weren't dead from the beginning. They certainly lived and had experiences, but it does, in many ways, feel like a, a sixth sense ending. I, don't know, I did see something. Ending was surprising, so that was okay. This was not as surprising. No, to me. no, it really. The, <laughs> the analogy doesn't go all the way. Yeah. I did see people before the finale saying that you know the last scene of Lost was going to be uh, M Night Shyamalan walking out saying, "I'm not M Night Shyamalan. Thank you for watching Lost." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And nobody would have been surprised by that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did see someone tweet like, uh, "What the M Night Shyamalan is going on here?" <laughs> um, th- there was a, there were many WTFs uh, during the the whole Christian uh, Shepherd reveal. But yeah, I, I think and it was funny to sort of see the progression of of people as they as they sort of went WTF. Oh well, okay, yeah, yeah and and then there I was think... sort of a separation between the all right, I really like that and the oh that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Jorge Garcia, who plays Hurley, definitely called it when he, uh, on Jimmy Fallon, had said, it's a mixture of dude and dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, speaking of, of Jorge Garcia and or Hurley, I was really glad that Hurley got to take care of the island. Yeah. I know he didn't want to do it, but I honestly, actually feel, yeah. Everybody he, there, he was the best one for the job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he's the most good person in the series, really. Mm-hmm. He's and he's always great. doing the most to take care of people. Well, and a not, wonderful not only irony. Good, he was honest. Yes, Hurley mm-hmm. was honest the entire time. I remember back way early on after they found found the hatch, and Hurley got tasked with the job of dispensing the food, and he really struggled with it. And it was a, it was a big deal because he's like, I don't. I don't want to be in charge of this sort of stuff. It's like, I don't want to be telling people no. I don't want to say, no, you can't eat that. No, you can't. No, we have to save it. And his solution, which I think was depicted brilliant, was give people what they want. Mm. Hand out the food. Let them enjoy it as long as it lasts. Yeah. Because that was the right thing to do. It wasn't the, the... the best thing to do, you know, if they were going to be on there for 300 years, that was the thing that would make the most people happy without hurting anybody. Kiki and I were talking about this last night. I would love to see either in book form or in comic form or something, but uh, like a post-series with Hurley and Ben on the island, 
and sort of a another, lot of people are saying that. <laughs> yeah, and another another sort of story arc where you know a new group of people lands and uh, you know they they come they corrupt they destroy and it all ends the same. But uh, I, I would love to see that. I really would. One thing I think we should point out, uh, and this may go back to how everything should be in the context of the show, mm-hmm. but uh, there's been a lot of talk that the season six DVD will have 20 minutes of additional footage as well as um, a feature explaining a lot of questions that they didn't get around to answering. Oh. Um, which Carlton Q said they would do in an entertaining way. And we can take <laughs> that as we will. But uh, So may- maybe they'll at least still try to make some more people happy. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll have to wait to see. Indeed. Yeah. Well, uh, thank y'all both for coming. Uh, we've we've come to the end of our time here on the show, and uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up about as as good as lost. Uh, we'll, we'll have an ending, and uh, you know <laughs> you can take it or leave it. But uh, Kevin, thank you for for coming once again. Uh, we we wish you well in your trip to Prague. I hear you're uh, you're headed out this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Cool. We'll try to get uh, we'll try to get you on an episode sometime while you're over there. But uh, you know, do what you can. Enjoy. Good. <laughs> uh, so, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, Twitter.com slash Kevson. That's where I'm at, and that's where I'll stay. Cool. And uh, Britton, uh, pretty good for your first episode on BF. We'd uh, we'd love to have you back, and we're glad you were able to join us this time. Well, I'm glad I finally got uh, a chance to participate. Yeah. So where can uh, folks follow you on the interwebs? One of the easy ways would be Twitter. I'm at Sargis. Uh, it's just an old handle I had from my olden days that I still use. So uh, yeah. there or Facebook. I'm kind of everywhere. Cool. And I am S-Torrence, twitter.com slash S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. And you can follow the show at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope you find the answers that you're looking for in life. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of a fearless crew, the middle would be lost. The middle would be lost. One of the saddest things that, that really, that one of the few things that like got to me in the show, um, and I thought it was a cheap trick because it always does, was when the dog went and laid down next to Jack as he was dying. Yeah. Vincent. I'm sorry. It's one of those things, it always gets me. I, I make no lie. But every time, and that's just cheap. Although that trick is older than everything, is extremely old because they used it or something very similar to it in the Odyssey. <laughs> No, but actually in the, in the Odyssey, um, Odysseus comes home, and his dog is waiting for him, and his dog's one of the first things that recognizes him, and it's a great scene. It's, it's you know, but it's a, it's a trick that is almost, that is, that is older than writing. <laughs> so join us here each week, my friends, you're sure to get a smile from seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Isle. Badphilosophy.com. Terrific. Terrific. <laughs>